finally, this is Ephesians 6, 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, and against powers in this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And so today we're gonna attempt to get through the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. And, um, and we're gonna see how much work we can get done tonight and uh, finish up this series. And I know this series has been a blessing to a lot of you. And I, I believe today, uh, God has a word. I'm just telling you right now, there's a word in the house tonight and it's gonna, it's gonna really build your faith. Father, speak now supernaturally and powerfully and clearly to your people. I thank you there is not a person here by accident that you have brought us here tonight. Speak now. We're listening, we're believing, and we're expecting a word from you. In Jesus' name, say amen. Amen and amen. So we've been learning that we can stand firm, that we can, uh, no matter the situation, no matter the season, no matter uh, what is going on around us, we can stand firm, that we can be strong in the Lord. This idea is not be strong in the Lord like toughen up, but in the Greek language, literally to receive strength from the Lord, that we receive from God and then we're able to stand firm in the day of evil, that no matter what comes our way, we don't have to lose ground, but we can stand firm, that situations come, situations go, but we remain by the grace of God. And so we've been defining this day of evil. The Apostle Paul says that when the day of evil comes, not if, when. And so I wish I could tell you, if you just have enough faith, you'll never deal with it. No, it just shows up. And the day of evil is not just a trial. It could be a temptation. It could be, it could be a good thing that isn't a God thing. It could be a temptation uh, hidden in an opportunity. It could be it could be a, a really awesome idea. It's just not God's idea for your life. It, 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 could, it could be a lot of different things. And here's what the day of evil is assigned to do. It's when Satan speaks into a circumstance in your life to separate you from God, discourage you, tempt you, and distract you. And so we've learned that in Ephesians 6, Paul calls our enemy the devil. A lot of different names for the Satan figure, the evil figure in the Bible, but here he calls him the devil because the devil is the accuser. He's the slanderer. He's the diablos, the one who separates God's people from God and each other. He's the person, he's the enemy that speaks and that lies and that slanders and that divides God's people. But the Bible says that we have overcome the devil, Revelation chapter 12, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so the devil's speaking, but we're speaking. This is a war of words. 
and we will overcome by the confession of God's word in our mouth. And so, so we're in this fight and Paul says there is a fight, you're in a fight, it's not flesh and blood, it's not with your spouse, it's not with your parents, it's not with the government, this is a supernatural fight that you're in, but you can win if you will take on the different weapons that the Lord has given us. And he's given us truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, the word and prayer. And today I want to look at the shield of faith. Paul says, take on, hold up the shield of faith. Now, this is pretty cool because in the Greek language, this word for shield is door. So there were two kinds of shields in, Roman, um, uh, in the Roman army. There was the little round shield, that, the one that you would think of, the one that you would see in a movie like Gladiator or 300, whatever. You know, it's just that kind of normal little shield. But then the Roman soldiers also had this secondary shield for certain soldiers, and it was the size, literally, of a door. It was a huge rectangle. And here's what's cool about it. Watch me. It was actually measured custom made for you. They would measure your width and your length and then give you a perfect measured shield. It was custom made for you and you alone. Isn't that interesting that in Romans 12, Paul says that we've all been given the measure, the measurement of faith. I've always said, well, the measure of faith is, you know, we all start at the same amount. No, I actually don't think that's true. I think the measurement of faith says, God knows the person you're going to marry. <laughs> How much faith you going to need? Amen. <laughs> God knows the, the struggles y'all going to have. God knew you were going to live in Vegas in 2019. God knew the color of your skin. God knew the background. God knew your family history. God knew uh, uh, the, the kind of uh, uh, attacks that were going to come upon your life. God knew your past, your present, your future. He saw your whole thing. So he gives you a perfectly tailored measurement of faith, a perfect shield of faith just for you. Now, this is really cool because here's what it means. It means you have enough faith to do everything God's called you to do. That's why you never have to covet another person's call. <laughs> well, I could do that. Well, you probably couldn't. And that's okay because it's about capacity. God actually gives you what you need to do what you can do. And it means that we can't all do the same thing. What it does mean is we can all complement each other, never compete with each other. But I just want you to know in your season right now, your fight right now, your marriage right now, your children right now, your business right now, your finances right now, the season you're in, the season you've left, the season you're going into, God says, I've given you a measurement of faith, a perfect tailor-made shield of faith. And all you got to do is hold it up and it has enough to get you through everything that you're going to have to get through. Now, here's another cool thing about the shield of faith. History tells us that it was this thin piece of metal, but they couldn't make the whole shield out of metal because it had been too heavy. So they took a thin piece of metal and then they wrapped it in layer and layer and layer of leather. And then when they would go out to war, they would dip the shields in water and get them soaking. Okay. They'd go into battle dripping. It's from my young people out there. Praise the Lord. That's 35 trying to be cool. And so they would, they would, they would dip their, their shields into water. And then they would go out. That's why Paul said that your shield of faith is going to extinguish 
the fiery darts of the evil one, not just, not just stop it, extinguish it. So that whenever they would light their, their uh, what are those things called? Arrows on fire, fourth service, come on somebody. When they would light their arrows on fire and they would throw them up, they would hide behind the shield of faith. It would hit that, that soaking wet shield and it would extinguish. Now water in the, in the scripture represents the Holy Spirit. Can I just tell you that between your shield of faith and the power of the Holy Spirit, you have everything you need to do everything God has called you to do. Can I get an amen from somebody? You have enough. You are enough. God is more than enough, and he's equipped you with everything you need. And so Paul says, all you have to do is hold up the shield of faith. Let me define faith for you tonight. And let me just tell you what I'm trying to do tonight. I just want to build your faith. I just want you to walk out of here in about 30 minutes and say, I can, okay, I can do everything God's called me to do. I can, I can fulfill the plan of God for my life. I could run into hell right now with a water gun and win. Like, I want, I want you to have that kind of faith, okay? And so I just want to build your faith. I want to define faith and describe faith. Here's what faith is. Faith is believing. Faith is speaking. Faith is doing. Faith is connecting. Faith is believing. Let me just give you these uh, quickly. Faith is believing. Without faith, Hebrews eleven six, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe he is. So let me just stop right there. I, I actually believe in God. <sighs> like, I hope so. You're a pastor. I know, but, but for real, like, I believe in God. I don't believe just in a higher power. I don't believe in a source. I don't believe in an energy. I don't believe in a secret. I believe that God has a name. His name is Yahweh God. He's the uncreated one. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the mysterious Godhead called the Trinity. He is Father. He is Son. He is Holy Spirit. He is all three in one. Is he three? Is he one? I don't know. It's a mystery. Well, man, I kind of can't figure that out. Good. You don't want a God you can figure out. I'm going to get to heaven one day and I'm going to see the Godhead and go, whoa, I get it. But until then, it is supernatural. The Lord, our God, is one. And yet he is Father. He is Son. He is Holy Spirit. This is a, this is a beautiful mystery. This is an amazing idea. And I love it. He is the perfect community that has now created community in the earth called the Church of Jesus Christ. It is this beautiful thing. It is completely awe-inspiring. He is amazing. And I believe that God has a name. His name is Jesus. I just want you to know, like, one day we will get to heaven. You will see him. You will see the scars in his hands. You will see, you will look into his face. You will see the one that we pierce. Like we will actually see Jesus. Our, our, our God is a person. I just need you to know this tonight. I believe in God. I, I, I believe this. I don't, I don't just think there's like maybe something out there. So I've decided to go with the Bible because there's good stories. Like this is not a TED talk. This is not Oprah Sunday inspiration. This is not, this is not Tony Robbins. I'm not going to curse at you. Amen. This is, if you know about Tony, this is, we, like I'm a Bible preacher who believes that there is an author to this book and it's not the men who wrote it down on paper, but it's the spirit of God that gave it to them. I believe in God. 
And, and you must believe that he is, that's faith 101, here's faith 201, and that he's a rewarder. So I believe in God, and I believe God. I believe in God, and by the way, that's becoming more and more of a challenge. We are in a rise of atheism, a rise of secularism. I just want to tell you, in the world we're in today, we've never needed God more. Like, we have all the technology, all the money, all the opportunity, all of the access, and we've never needed a spiritual life more than we read it right now. We need it right now. We're, we're more medicated. We're more depressed. We're more broken. We're more addicted than we've ever been. If we've ever needed God, we need him right now. We have not, we have not ascended past God. We've never needed him more. We've never needed the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives more. We've never needed the person and the ministry of Jesus more than we need him right now. I believe in God. Jesus gave us four words that will define your life because your life is moving in the direction of your faith. Jesus said this, Mark eleven twenty two: have faith in God. This must be the foundation to everything you do. This must be the foundation of your marriage. This must be the foundation of your business. This must be the foundation and the starting point and the finish line of everything going on in your life, whether you are moving forward, whether, whether you're under attack, whether you're in an incredible season or a terrible season, your life's foundation must be, I have faith in God. But yeah, Jabin, but what about the struggles I have? Have faith in God. But man, what about all the things that my family's facing? Have faith in God. Jabin, I feel like I'm in my day of evil right now. Have faith in God. Your faith in God will sustain you. Your faith in God will protect you. Your faith in God will keep you standing on the rock that is Jesus. Have faith in God. I believe God. Faith is believing. Number two, faith is speaking. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed, therefore I spoke. Now, I want you to catch that, the spirit of faith. Faith is a spirit. Faith is not cold, religious, and rigid. Faith is spiritual. Faith is, I don't necessarily want to use the word mysterious, but faith is supernatural. Like some of y'all came in today and you're like, man, there's like a vibe in here. There's not a vibe. It's a spirit. It's the spirit of faith in the house. It's believing and speaking. Man, that girl started singing that song. Man, she had like an energy. It wasn't an energy. That wasn't, Melinda doesn't have an energy. It's the anointing of God. It's the spirit of faith that believes and then says... And we also have this spirit of faith. Man, there's just like a, there's like a, there's like a thing in the room. And yeah, it's called the spirit of faith. It's supernatural. That's why church is so important, right, by the way, because you get in an atmosphere of believing and speaking where anything can happen. And so faith is speaking. I believe, therefore I spoke. Ultimately, we will end up saying what we believe. And ultimately, our beliefs and our words are shaping our lives. I'm getting one amen from that baby. Can I get another amen? <laughs> Psalm 91 verse 2, David said, I will say of the Lord. Say, I will say of the Lord. Think about that. I will say. He was in his day of evil. The Bible said, or he wrote, he said, a thousand are falling at one side, 10,000 at another. But I will say of the Lord, he's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my God in whom I am trust. 
David said, man, I'm in a day of evil, but I'm gonna make, I'm gonna protect my say. I'm gonna protect the words that are coming out of my mouth. I'm going to make sure that my confession doesn't change. Faith is speaking. Look at Psalm 103, verse one. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Man, this is awesome. Because David's talking to himself, come on. Only crazy people don't talk to themselves. Amen. He says, so bless the Lord. He commands his mind, will, and emotions to come into alignment with the spirit of God. And he commands himself to praise. He's, he's letting his soul know, you're not the boss, I'm the boss. Uh, yesterday, Goldie informed me, Dada, you're not the boss, I'm the boss. <laughs> and I had to inform my two and a half year old, no, I'm the boss. Can I just tell you, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions will try to dictate your life. But you're going to have to go from a spirit of faith, not just from what you're feeling. If you you live by feelings, oh man, you're going to get in trouble fast. (laughs) Hello. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. David's commanding his whole body, spirit, soul, body, to worship the Lord. Bless the Lord on my soul and forget not all of his benefits. Now he's commanding his mind to remember the goodness of God who forgives all of your iniquity, heals all of your diseases. David is rehearsing his testimony. Who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good that your youth is renewed like any over 35 in here like me? Come on, come on. Your youth is being renewed. There's three of us in the six, but amen. Is being renewed like the eagles, David is a camel. There's all these 20-year-olds like, 35? Okay, you're getting there. It'll happen. David has to command himself. He's talking, physically talking to himself, reminding himself of the goodness of God. David had to say what he wanted or he would have ended up doing what he felt. You're either going to say what you really want or you're just going to end up doing whatever you feel. And boy, that is dangerous. And boy, that is destructive. So David makes sure the confession of his mouth is moving his life in the right direction. All right, here's another one. Psalm 100. Lift up a great shout of joy to the Lord. Go ahead and do it. Everyone and everywhere. Unless it's like 2019 and you're white and that's not really your personality. (laughs) Jamin, I love that Latino fire, huh? It's pretty cool. I like watching. No, no, no. This isn't Latino fire. (laughs) I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says everyone everywhere. This, this is not optional. This is not for the Hispanics or the African Americans or the Pentecostals or, or, or for the women who are emotional. We lift up a great shout because, because faith is speaking. Everyone, every, and you go, well, Jabin, come on, that's not really, but it's so amazing because I go to the Knights games and it's hockey, so it's full of white people. Come on. It's night time. I'm like, who are you, Bill? Like, Dylan in there, like, 
go, Knights, go. I'm like, I love it. I love the Knights games. I can't wait for the Raiders games. I love professional sports. I love concerts. I love all of it. I'm going to Bruno in September. Like, I love concerts. I love, and I'm, and I'm going to be lit. Like, I promise you, I hope you don't want to sit down behind me in a concert because I will not sit down. And so, like, I, I get all of it. I'm down for all of it. But when we come here, why do we come in here and go, well, that, you know, that's not my personality, Chaben. I just, we'll let the young people worship. Well, no, 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 no. Lift up a great shout of praise, everyone, everywhere. This is not the color of your skin. It's not your background. It's not your personality. It's not your gender. It's everyone, everywhere. Come on, let's do it right now. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. As you serve him, be glad and worship him. Sing your way in to his presence. Sing your way into his presence. Sing your way into his presence. Take personal responsibility. I'm going in. Like this team cannot, as good as they are and anointed as they are and pure as they are, they can't sing you in. All they can do is open a door and say, come on in. But you still have to agree. All, all these guys do is it's like they're in a, in a swimming pool and it's 108 outside and they're like, the water is awesome. Come on in. And you can jump in or you can just burn your feet on the concrete and talk about how hot it is. Or you can get refreshed by the presence of the Lord. But y'all, you got to sing your way in, clap your way in, shout your way in, praise your way in, talk your way in. Faith is speaking. And I just want to tell you, by the way, I'm not preaching all that, you know, I was laughing about this in an earlier service today, like, we didn't have this game plan two years ago when we sat in Scottsdale, Arizona, seven of us in a living room, the Hubbards, the LTAX, Kyle, me and Shannon, we didn't sit in a living room as we're weeping before the Lord, getting a word from God about this church and I didn't go, yeah, guys, like, we're going to get the lights going and the smoke going, and we're going to get the screen going. We're going to get the music really loud. And we're going to like hype people up, and it's going to be like a vibe. Like That was not the thing. Like, like I'm not trying to work you up. We weren't like, yeah, yeah, let's be like the vibe church. Like Let's be the loud church. Let's be the... No, no, no. We, we do this not for culture or because we think it's cool. We believe there's something supernatural that happens when the people of God open their mouth and it actually has a lot less to do with what happens in church. It has a lot more to do with what happens on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. When you're in your day of evil, you have to, all I want you to do, the reason we're like, lift your hands, shout, clap, sing, do something, bah! you know, we do all that because we actually want you to experience it. So you go, oh, this is awesome. Oh, this is fantastic. Oh, this is really good. Oh, this is awesome. So that on Tuesday, you'll remember, and you'll do it at the house, and you'll get music playing in the house, and you'll, and you'll get worship going in your car, and th this is not about us being insecure up here trying to get a response. This is about us trying to teach you something that's changed our lives. Yes. Ephesians 5.18, don't drink too much wine. Take it easy. Take it easy, Vegas. One glass is enough. Amen. That cheapens your life. Drink 
the Spirit of God. Can I just tell you, I love that Paul compares wine and the Holy Spirit. Because you start drinking too much wine, number one, you get loud. Sound like, love you, bro. It's like, man, bro. Love you, bro. You start pointing. You get all free. Drunk at a table, you start telling your waitress, you're the best ever. You're amazing. You're just, no, you're like amazing. Like, you're amazing. Like, I, you, I normally give you 20%, I'm gonna give you 21%. You're amazing. Amazing. You like start saying one word over and over again. Come on, somebody, y'all know it's true. Like, it's awesome. Man, it's just awesome. Awesome. You get all bold. Someone would normally annoy you and you would let it go, but because you got a little liquid courage in you, you're like, let's turn up tonight. I'm ready. You get loud, you get free, you're not worried about what's happening tomorrow, you're not, you're not worried about the bills, you're not worried about, about how things are gonna work, you just, man, you're free and you're easy and, 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 and Paul says, don't, don't do that, that's gonna cheapen your life. But he, but he says, but the Spirit of God will actually give you a better high, a better intoxication. So when I get filled with the Holy Ghost, I get loud, I get free. I get bold against the enemy. I start, I, I'm not worried about the things that used to worry me. I'm not fearful of the things I used to be fearful for. All of a sudden, I'm getting excited. I got a peace about me. I start getting generous. I start getting excited. I start giving out stuff. I start, Paul says, drink the spirit of God, huge drafts of him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. I love this because some of y'all, you know, you come into our church and you're like, it's a little young with the music. It's a little, it's a little poppy. Someone, someone on, I think it was Yelp or something called it bubble gum. It's like, it's bubble gum. I'm like, who taught you that? Anyway, or cotton candy or something. I don't know. I love both. So I don't know. I was like, I, and I love cotton candy flavored bubble gum and bubble gum, cotton candy. Like, I love it. So I was like, you're complimenting me. You just don't know it. So anyway. But can I, can I tell you something? All the hymns that we sing, all you old school people, it is well with my soul, amazing grace, how great thou art, all those, all those are melodies from pub songs from the pubs of England. And all those guys got born again and they had those melodies in their head and they said, well, let's just put Christian lyrics to it. Can you imagine today? I'm like, y'all, I was at the club Friday night. Heard this new song Old Town wrote. <laughs> We put some new lyrics to it, it's fire. You'd be like, that's worldly, that's cheesy, that's long. I'm gonna sing hymns instead of drinking songs. I'm gonna praise the Lord in the church tonight. I'm gonna sing until I can't no more. I'm gonna love the Lord because he changed my life. I'm gonna praise no matter what you say. I got the worship in the back. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna sing hymns instead of drinking songs. That was perfect timing. She wasn't offended, but it was perfect timing. 
She's like, sing her song, I gotta leave. No, but it wasn't that, she's my girl. It's just a joke. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song. Any excuse for a song. Like I'm looking for a reason to praise tonight. Lord, I dare you to give me a parking spot up front and watch me praise you in public. <laughs> give me a spot under the tree in, in the shade and watch me break out in tongues right now. I will. Give me a shopping cart that ain't all jacked up and broken. Just give me a good one and watch me bless your name. I'm looking for any reason. <laughs> Because you know what? Our culture right now is looking for any excuse to complain, to fight, to argue, to disagree. But when the Spirit of God really gets on you, faith is speaking. I'm looking for any reason to praise. Number three, faith is doing. Faith is doing. Faith without works is dead. But see, I think it's actually a culmination. I think we believe, I think we speak, and then I think we do. See, a lot of you, you can't obey yet because you haven't resolved a belief and a confession. So you're wondering why every temptation leads to sin. Every discouragement leads to you know, depression. Every, every, every little open door, every little bit of resistance, I mean, it just wrecks your faith. You, you, you believe, you speak, and now James 2.26, you do. Now, see, I think the perfect manifestation of this is actually in Matthew 14. In Matthew 14, Peter is about to step out of the boat, walk on the water, and I, and I think we see the progression perfectly. Here's what he says. He's on, the, he's on the boat. Jesus is walking towards him on the water. Here's what he says. Lord. That's believing. Not Jesus, not Mary's son, not bro, not, no, Lord, your Lord. I believe, your Lord. If it's you, bid me come. Speaking. He believed, he spoke. Now the Lord releases the word back, come on out on the water. And then faith without works is dead. Now he does. He believed. He spoke, he obeyed. Faith is doing. But don't get the order wrong. You, you, you're not gonna have spiritual victory without a word life and a prayer life. And y'all are going like, man, I need to obey. I can't figure this out. I'm in a spiritual fog. I'm in a spiritual funk. I'm, I'm constantly giving in to temptation. I'm constantly, man, faith without works is dead. I need more. No, no, no. You, you, you start with believing, you start with speaking, and it leads to obedience. Number four, faith is connecting. So there's this story in, in the book of Mark, chapter two, where this, uh, this guy, he's paralyzed. He has four friends, and they put him in a stretcher, and they bring him to the, to the house of Jesus to be healed. And the Bible says that when they brought the man in front of Jesus, here's what, here's what happens, Mark 2, 5. When Jesus saw, catch it, catch it, catch it, their faith. 
he said to the man. When he saw their faith corporate, he said to the man individual. Because when you get in the presence of God with a group of believers, God no longer just responds to individual faith. He now responds to a corporate faith. That's why the most important time to ever go to church is when you don't want to go to church. <laughs> like, I hope you want to come to church, and I think a lot of y'all do, and you do. But the most important time to actually show up is when everything in you doesn't want to come. You wake up, and you're just like, I'm, nope, I ain't going today. But, it, but you, get every, you muster up every bit of spiritual, emotional, physical strength, and you get in the car, and you turn on the AC, but it doesn't really help because it's 400 degrees outside. And you drive to church, and everything in you is going, I could be home right now. And the devil's going, you could be home right now. And you finally get here, and because you were late, you have to park in Pahrump. And you're walking, and you're walking in the heat, and everything in you is going like, I need to just go back to my car. I'm going to watch YouTube tomorrow. No, no, but you, but you. And you finally get here, and you go, I just need some coffee so that I won't kill anybody. And you grab your coffee, and you begin to walk towards the auditorium door. And you go, you know what? Today, the greeters are going to be cool. Like, I know the rule is no coffee, but they can see my pain today. And so the greeter's here, so you kind of move your coffee to this hand. By the way, by the way, time out. All these people are volunteer. And they're all playing bad cop for me so that I can come up here and be good cop. But just so you know, anything you hate about what we do, it's my idea. So you actually hate me. So anyway, so... Because you don't have to pay for the, for the carpet cleaning. So anyway, amen. And so... Um, so you want... And I see, some of y'all still sneak it in. You're like Kramer in that episode of Seinfeld with your latte under here. And Anyway, not that I watch it. Um, I watch TBN. So anyway, so he... So you bring it in, and then some sweet little greeter's like, hey, and you're like, hey. And they're like, ah, there's no coffee in here, just water. And you're like, yeah. And you just want to go, <laughs> So you do the walk of shame to the trash, and you throw it in, and then you, and then you end up like dead center back. And everybody just loves Jesus around you. And you're sitting there and you're just going, give me a reason to cut somebody. And then their sister Susie just like, praise the Lord. How much are you loving this series? I'm so on fire. It's going to be such a good day. And you're just like, yeah, amen. Praise God. Yeah, I'm hyped. Couldn't be happier to be here. I'm like, greet your neighbor. You go in for the handshake. They're like, we hug. You're like, oh. Just hate that person. You're like, ah, oh. Y'all ever been there? And the music starts. Here's what, and then here's where you really get ticked off because the music starts and these stupid lights go right in your eyes. And one of them decides to just go right on you and not move. 
and you're blinded. And now you don't know the words. Is it ooh la la or oh la la or I don't know what it says. And, and you're squinting and you're just mad. Of course, the light doesn't hit Sister Susie because she loves Jesus too much. She is the light of the world. She's like, these lights are perfect, right? Oh, la, la. <laughs> and you're like, y'all know about those dance moves? Okay, anyway, you didn't know I could do all that. And so, but something happens, something happens, something happens. You're, you're mad, you're ticked. Haley comes up, Haley Joe comes up to do the transition. She's like, why don't we just lift our hands? So sweet. And you're just like, ah. Oh. <laughs> and then Melena starts singing and you're like. <laughs> but then she hits that crazy note. So you're like, oh. <laughs> You're not at an extension yet, but you're here, you know? You're like, Lord, you ain't getting one more inch. Like, this is it, Jesus. But your faith starts to rise, and you start to feel God's presence. And, and I, don't, I don't know what the word is, but it, but it finally starts talking to you. And then, and then you get in your car, and you go, oh, I'm so grateful I went to church tonight. And then you're like, Lord, I had so much faith. And God's like, you didn't have any? but I decided to respond to the faith in the room. I saw their faith and I spoke to you. <laughs> God is so good. So he responds to us corporately, not individually. It's grace. See, there's one more thing about this shield of faith. The Romans, when they would go into battle, they would go into a, what was called the phalanx position. And it was where they would, they would enter the battle line, they would set up, and they would go shoulder to shoulder with their brothers. And because their shields were made a little bit bigger, they would go in front of them, and the shields would actually interlap. Huh, this is amazing. Because you might have one guy right here, and he's just fired up. He's like, I was born for this moment. We're going to go turn up. I'm ready. It's Sister Susie, right? Like, just lit. Like, knows every song, knows every hand motion, knows, had the, had the weekend set list a week. I mean, they're just like, ah. And you might be here, and you are literally shaking in your boots. Your knees are knocking, and you're just freaking out. But can I tell you, on the other side, the enemy don't know. <laughs> the enemy just sees unity. The enemy just sees agreement. The enemy just sees a corporate faith. The enemy, and, and, and the enemy cannot respond to, okay, that's the weak, they, they don't know because we're all covered by the shield of faith. And now when the flaming arrows come, they're extinguished. And my faith encourages your faith and your faith encourages their faith. And before you know it, your faith begins to rise because you got in the right atmosphere because you decided to link up shield by shield, shoulder to shoulder, and you're now able to do something you could have never done individually. You can only do corporately. <sighs> my faith needs your faith. Your faith needs my faith. Our faith is connecting. 
And lastly, we take on the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Dre, come on up. We've got to close this out. The Greek word here for Word of God is rhema. Everyone say rhema. Congratulations, you just spoke Greek. You're basically a scholar. Now, basically, whenever you see the word word in the Bible, and in in, it's written in Greek, the, the two Greek words are either logos or rhema, okay? Logos is where we get our word logic. It's, uh, it's the meaning of a thing, the purpose of a thing, the meaning of existence, the definition of a thing, the original idea, the original intent. It, it's, the, it's the idea that helps us make sense of a thing. Okay, that's logos. By the way, that's pretty cool. Because when John describes Jesus in John 1, he calls Jesus the logos. In the beginning was the word, and the word is with God, and the word was God. He, he says in the beginning was the logos, and the logos was with God, and the logos was God. Kind of cool to think about because that means that Jesus is the meaning of a thing. The purpose for existence, the definition of life, the original intent, the original idea of all of God's plans. So if life isn't making sense, it's probably because you've left the logic of God, the logos of God, the person of Jesus. Because as soon as you get around Jesus, you start getting the logic back, the logos back, the intent back, the, the original idea back. Your, your life starts getting back into focus. So, so, so for some of you, you need that logos. But now Paul says that whenever we're fighting the enemy, we fight him with the rhema of God. Rhema means a word spoken by a living voice. It's sound produced by the voice. It is a series of words in a sentence. Oh, okay. You, don't miss that. The word, the rhema of God, the word of God is a series of words in a sentence. Okay. Let me, I want to say it like this. A rhema is a faith phrase. Okay. A declaration of one's mind put into words a command a pleading of a case in the court of law that's a rhema okay so for four weeks I've been telling you that we're up against the devil who speaks that we're in a war of words that he speaks into circumstance he is the accuser the slanderer the separator and when your day of evil comes, you need a rhema. You need a faith phrase. You need God's word in a sentence. You need a scripture that takes you in. It's not just a word, Jesus, or a word, God, or a, it's you get a sentence of words, that's a rhema word. You get a verse. You get a, a scripture. You get, you get a phrase from the word and you stand on that thing in your day of evil. So the rhema word 
is a highlighted verse from scripture that you need in the season and that you continue to say with your mouth. One more time, a rhema word is a highlighted verse from scripture that you need in that season that you declare with your mouth. So when you're in the fight, you begin to declare, God, I thank you that your word says, and then you speak the word. So when anxiety comes upon me, I have Psalm 112. Father, I thank you that I do not have to fear bad news. I'm a Psalm 112 man. I fear no bad news. I don't get bad calls. I get good calls. People like me. If people calling me, it's for good news. Someone wants to give me money. I, I, see, I have a faith phrase. When my wife calls me, she's just calling to tell me she loves me and she wants to give me a kiss. I answer, hey, baby, what you doing? I don't fear bad news. Come on, somebody. I got a faith phrase. It's a, it's a phrase. Psalm 112 for me is a phrase I need. I have another phrase from Isaiah that says you will not be humiliated. So now as I'm entering into this, this series for Overflow, we're believing God for this building. I'm saying, God, I thank you. We will not be humiliated. You have everything we need. You're going you're gonna to provide. I, I've, I've got faith phrases for my season. You need a rhema. You need a, you need a word, a phrase of word, a sentence of words that comes out of your mouth. That's the rhema. Joshua 1.8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Not eyes, mouth. Yeah, I was reading the Bible today. Okay, but have you said it? Because the book of the law, it shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. Now time out, meditation for the Christian is radically different than meditation for new age, okay? In new age, meditation is clearing the mind, okay? In Christianity, meditation is filling the mind. See the difference? So I'm not trying to get it out. Meditation for me is getting it in shall meditate on it day and night. This word meditation is pretty amazing because first of all, it means to mutter under your breath. You just mumble it under your breath all day. Father, I thank you that I will fear no bad news, that good news is coming my way. I just thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Just a little prayer. Lord, I thank you that you're gonna provide for all my needs for your riches and glory in Jesus' name, amen. Marriage is going through it. You get a little faith phrase. Lord, I thank you that uh, what God has joined together, let no man separate. I just, I refuse, I refuse separation in the name of Jesus. I believe your word. And you get a little faith phrase and you mutter it, you meditate on it. And you just keep saying it, you mumble it under your breath. People go, what was that? Nothing. No, sorry. But that word meditate also means to chew cud. Yuck. Cud is grass that cows have eaten, that they eat, they throw it back up in their mouth and they chew it again to get more from it and then they swallow it again and then they throw it up again they chew on it again this, this is a real thing, it's called cud chew the cud, that's literally what meditate means and then it goes back down you read the word and then when you need it you bring it back up and you start chewing on it again 
And then when you need it, you bring it up and you chew on it again and you chew on this word day and night. Be careful to do everything that's written in it for then I'll make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. I would almost... I would almost say that verse nine is what God wanted Joshua to say. Because in Joshua chapter one, over and over and over and over, God says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Have I not? It's almost like God was saying, Joshua, here's your rhema. Just read it in context. I think you'll see it. So, so Joshua's going up against his first city that he had to take over. And he goes, Father, I just thank you. I'm strong and I'm courageous. And I will not be afraid. And as you were with Moses, you will be with me. <laughs> goes for it. That was a sword illustration. That was my... And then he goes against his second city. Father, I just thank you that I will be strong and courageous. I will fear nothing. I meditate on your work day and night. I, I meditate on it. I speak it. I chew on it. I, and then he goes against the next city. And then the next city. And then it was, like, it was like this was God's faith phrase to Joshua to continue to repeat. I don't know what season you're in, but find a faith phrase. Everyone say faith phrase. One more time. Faith phrase. I want you to find a faith phrase for your current season. And I want you to find one scripture and I want you to say it 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 and I want you to say it. And that thing goes deep in your heart. And you chew on it and you chew on it and you chew on it. And this becomes the sword of the spirit against your enemy. OMG, this is good. And then your faith phrase will change dependent upon your season. Amen. So Father, increase our faith in the name of Jesus. We take up the shield of faith. We draw the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we just thank you that we have everything we need for this moment in Jesus' name. We have all of the faith we need, all of the Holy Spirit power we need. So we choose to pick up the shield of faith. We choose to believe you. We choose to stand with our brothers and sisters. We choose to hold on to your word. We choose to speak your word, to meditate on your word. And we thank you that your word will sustain us, that our faith in you will sustain us, Holy Spirit, that you will strengthen us. And we thank you that our church is standing firm in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord for that right now.